Sorry to disappoint you So what was your expectation? Nah, I'm just an everyday dude Oh, you expected perfection? This is what Christianity is supposed to be like I make mistakes Like, lots of mistakes I'm just trying to do the best that I can do I guess I'm just imperfectly human Welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Human Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Daly, and I want to thank you for tuning in again. Um, I want to shout out everyone that's listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, uh, wherever you may be listening from. Um, If you're listening directly on Transistor, I I appreciate you. I want to um, thank I just want to thank everyone because I know I say this every week, but truly it is a privilege to come to you um, with this podcast. And it is a privilege to know that there are people out here listening to this podcast on a regular basis. So I am very happy. I want to show my gratitude uh, by thanking you all. And hopefully bring to you a another podcast that inspires, encourages you and motivates you. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, I am Mr. Daly, David Daly, and I am the principal consultant at Yellow 8 Design. Yellow 8 Design is a business that is focused on helping people achieve everything that they need to in business. Um, and that's quite of a it's a bit of a broad statement uh, the strap line for Yellowway is des- um, design and functionality in perfect harmony and what I mean by that is this uh, we st- the focus of Yellowway is helping you put the foundations in place I've said it before that what we do is akin to what an architect would do with a house we do the design work. We do the, the calculations. We work with the relevant people, the re- relevant specialists to make sure that the foundations are right for your build. So that as you build, you are building a, a sturdy building, a, steady, a sturdy business. We work with you to include elements it, that are that can grow with your business give you processes that make your business repeatable basically we put you in a position that allows you to be able to either franchise your business sell your business move on from your business in whichever way you need to and if you want to remain at the helm of your business if that is your long-term goal we give you a sure foundation that makes sure that you can continue to do so and continue to grow in strength so we do this via a number of things one of the most important things is helping you understand your processes helping you understand the value drivers your value streams your capabilities the gaps um, helping you put processes in place helping you put um analytics in place to ensure that you're tracking the right things and then ultimately helping you to get noticed by your customers that's where the digital marketing side of things comes into it 
So that was a very, 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 very uh, quick tour of what Yellow Eight is about. Um, but me, as a person, David Daly, my goal is to help whoever I can help. I'm just a guy that likes to help people. That's that's who I am, and that's why this podcast exists. I like to share my experiences so that you can learn from my experiences. Um, it's not just purely about entertainment. It is a chance for me to share the things that I go through and hopefully these things resonate with you hopefully you can learn something from the stuff that I've been through so you don't make the same mistakes that I've made and if you have tips and tricks and things that you would like to share get in touch with me david at dailyperspective.co.uk or you know if you want to reach out to yellow eight or anything like that you can do so uh david at yellow eight.co.uk but um just reach out to me if you if you, you know if you have something you'd like to say something you'd like to share i am always willing to listen and i am currently recruiting new guests for the show via podmatch um so i've got a few i've got a few guests lined up um, look for, um, i'm looking forward to the sessions and hopefully bringing you something insightful and Something that, that you will learn from, something that's different, something that I like to, to meet people that have different real life experiences to me. So that is what I'm bringing to you with the various guests that will be coming on the show. So what are we talking about today? Today, I wanted to pick up where I left off last week. I I kind of dipped in and out of it. I kind of said, said a few things, uh, kind of shared a little bit and basically it was talking about the God that makes the impossible possible talking about the God that takes you from impossible to I'm possible Um, but the core of it for me is faith so at the end of that episode I basically said this that if God has given you the vision, if God has given you the dream, God has given you everything that you need to make that dream a reality. So if God, if you feel that your business idea was inspired by God or, or it's part of your divine calling or it's something that God has given you the skills to do, then therefore everything you need as you walk and live in accordance to his will and his purpose for you is within you. So what do I mean by that? Take me, for example. Um, I spent a very long time doing a lot of financial services, business analysis, quantitative analysis, all these kind of roles. Um, Whilst I was good at them, whilst I could excel in them, I had no passion for them. Why? Because the industries in which I would, the industries I worked in, I felt were industries that robbed people of life, robbed people of joy, robbed. Whilst, so this is the funny thing. A lot of people perceive the financial services industry as a good thing. 
um, hey, they're, they're making these services and facilities available to you. Um, they're giving you money so that you can do X, Y and Z. And, you know, the, that old adage always comes to mind. If it's if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. So w- when you think of the financial services industry, think of things along those lines. If it sounds too good to be true, it, if any offer from a financial services company sounds too good to be true, then it usually is. And um, generally, that, that was the case um, with with all the organizations I've wor- worked with. I felt like I was working on products that on the surface seemed like a good thing. But the reality of it is this. Um, it's funny. I said, I, I'm going to go slightly off topic here, but I was speaking to my wife and I, I was basically saying it's, we were watching a show married at first sight. And this guy was so proud of the fact that he had a near perfect credit score. Hey, if you've got a great credit score, kudos to you. Um, it is important if you want to buy a home and things like that to have a good credit score unless you've got, you know, hundreds and thousands of pounds or dollars lying around and you can afford to buy a house outright cash. Hey, you're going to need some credit. So I don't there's nothing there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a good credit score. But what? hit me was how he worshipped his credit score or it seemed like he worshipped his credit score he was so proud of it it was he's he idolized his this near perfect credit score he was super proud of it it was like his crowning achievement and uh, um it made me realize that the emphasis or the the spin that we have been led to believe by the finan- by financial services companies and and businesses as a whole this world now operates where the most important thing people say the most important thing when it comes to building wealth is not your it's not about your um cash value it's not about how much money you have it's about leverage it's about how much leverage you have it's how how much can you borrow how much can you extend yourself and the reality of it is we've created this world where we live outside of our you know we we've we've just become accustomed to living outside our means we've become accustomed to using other people's money and that that's what credit is using other people's money to build a life that we want on the hope that or on the premise that we will return these things these funds to them with interest um and it's a very basic very simple principle um and those who a lot of people have made a lot of money by learning how to leverage credit now I have again I take no issue to people that choose to use credit and do something do those things or or you know people that work in that industry but for me 
as I've sort of matured and, and looked at my guiding principles in life, I've found that, or I viewed that the credit system is a problem. It's, or the, no, 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 no. The way it is marketed, the way it is used, the looseness to the lending policies, um, and be clear, those that looseness to the lending policy is intentional. People or organizations want, they don't, it, look, if you are someone that pays your credit card off in full every month and, um, you know, you, 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 you constantly, you use your balance transfers, a 0% balance transfer, and then you, just before your balance transfer expires, you move the money else, the, the balance elsewhere, and you, you know, you constantly, you, basically you're a gamer, you game the, the system, they hate you, they hate the fact that you pay in full, because they're not making any money from you, it's costing them, it is truly costing them to, um, so, I, in, in a sense, they, they, they rejoice when you go, because they're like, hey, one less one less person costing us money um but if you are someone who revolves credit someone who has a, a an active balance you are paying interest on that balance you've got a few missed payments you've got some late payments as long as you are making regular payments um paying their fees paying their charges all of these things they absolutely love you why? Because they are making profit from you. They are the fees. Fees are nothing but pure profit for financial services companies. Um, charges, all of these things, nothing but pure profit. They love the fact that you are borrowing this money and revolving this borrowing and they are able to continuously charge you interest. And that is why they will, because you're paying the balance faithfully or you're paying your, your monthly payment faithfully, they'll be like, hey, this guy's good. Let's up his credit limit so he will spend more and we can get more interest from this guy. That is, you know, perfect target for financial services. So, and that's just one of the industries. And so I kind of got to this point where I wasn't happy in working in, in, in these industries. And I, I know I've kind of gone, gone off topic here, but um, I'm just trying to set the scene of, man, I kind of lost my train of thought. But yeah, I was, I was setting the scene as to um, why I didn't like financial services and talking about why you're you know, being equipped for what you do. Anyway, anyway, bring myself back on topic. So um, I worked in financial services. I didn't like it. I didn't fit. I didn't think they were right. I think we have a major problem, a fundamental flaw in, in society because we idolize um, credit and we idolize, um, we, we are drawn into this materialistic lifestyle that is funded and driven by credit, which means that rather than living within our means we constantly push and extend ourselves as far as we can that's the system that's been created um so 
with me, eventually I got to a point where I was kind of tired of this and I wanted to do something that I actually enjoyed, something that I was actually passionate about. So I had to look at the roles that I'd, I'd done in, in my career and it wasn't that I didn't enjoy the work. I didn't enjoy the people that I didn't enjoy how I was doing the work. I didn't enjoy the fact that I was doing the work or do what I was doing for the type of people I was doing it for. I didn't like working in the financial services. I didn't like for working, working for greedy energy companies. I didn't like, I didn't like working for any organization I felt was out here to make a buck and didn't really care about the consumer, didn't really care the impact that they had on the lives that used their services. Speaking as someone that has been in debt, no shame to, you know, again, full transparency. I think transparency is what makes our stories real to people. So be speaking as someone who has had um, a lot of money, um, speaking as someone who has, in the early parts of their life, struggled with money, um, and being... I guess being a victim of the of the financial services industry because again in the UK I don't know how it is in in the states or wherever you know I know I've got listeners in in South Africa in Australia and other places I I don't know how it works where you're from but in the UK you are approached by banks and financial services companies whilst you are you are a student under the guise of provi- providing you with your first adult account and what they do is they give you the, the bank account but then they start to push the credit cards and again i don't have an issue with this in the sense that if someone wants to use a credit card that is fine the problem is this these things are given with zero financial education and they go to institutions that are predominantly working class people from working class backgrounds and they give them access to these facilities but do not give them the education and and in the majority of cases these individuals are from family where financial literacy is not Uh, is not very high it's um you know a lot of people from working class backgrounds i'm not talking about race i'm not talking none of that comes into play just generally a lot of people from working class backgrounds are have a lack of financial literacy in their family so giving them access to these facilities without the appropriate education is setting them up for failure and it's a shame that the institutions where this practice is allowed uh, do nothing about it 
it's a shame that it's not recommended that financial education is provided before someone is given access to these facilities. If these organisations truly wanted to be responsible organisations, I would expect them to ensure that someone that they are giving a credit card to is signed up to a financial literacy course so they understand the difference between credit and debit because a lot of people don't. So... um, Anyway, that was my kind of, that led me to where I was, where I decided I was going to step out on my own. And weirdly enough, even when I stepped out on my own, um, I was still, uh, you know, my main projects came from financial services organizations. And that was super frustrating because by the time I got to uh, 2016, I was absolutely worn out i i'd given up i didn't want to work i I was still tired of working for these industries and and i just i'd lost the zeal for some for what i was doing i had no desire to do any of it um and decided to take a career break and it was during that break there was a lot of prayer, a lot of soul searching, a lot of contemplation, meditation. And I realized that I, I was, I'd separated myself from my purpose. My purpose in life is to help others. Um, the skills that I, I had acquired or the experience that I, I had acquired also equipped me to help others in a different way. So I had to take my career and decide what I wanted to do with it. I took my destiny, um, or my working destiny, should I say, into my hands and decided whether I was going to allow it to continue to be manipulated for, from a, for profit, because that's really what it was, because the financial services and energy companies paid really well. They paid really, really well. So was I going to do that or was I going to look at the sorts of clients I worked with and start to move in a different direction and start to change how I structured what I did? And um, it's funny, I'd been approached, I'd been approached by a law enforcement organization for a, for a very long time and I kept saying no. Because I, again, uh, full transparency, black people, police, law enforcement, we don't get on. So I had um, an an inbuilt fear of law enforcement, even though I'd never been in trouble with the law or anything like that. I still had this fear of them as an organization, as an institution, and I didn't want any parts of it. But I loved what they do I love the idea of help of that they had, they are there to help people? Yes, we have cases of people who abuse their power, but that's across the board. It doesn't matter what industry you're in; you're going to find someone that abuses their power. Anyway, um, I loved what they did. So the fact that it kept coming back meant that it was an opportunity. I believe God was 
giving me an opportunity to see that what I did could be used in a different way. So I worked with them as a client and um, and lo and behold, yes, I, I definitely felt more satisfied in what I was doing. Um, that's not to say that it doesn't come, you know, that that having them as a client doesn't come with its own frustrations. Of course it does. Uh, but it's not, you know, people are people. You will have challenges. But the reality is that the, the vision, what they are trying to achieve aligns with my personal um, principles. It aligns with what I want to do in life, which is to help people. And that made me sit back and really look at Yellow 8 as an organization and refine what Yellow 8 was about and making sure that I put helping people at the core of what I do. Um, that's not to say that I, I, you know, I would just go and work with any organization because I, I'm helping them. No, um, I am. And, and this is the thing about being a consultant. Um, you can be selective with your clients. And I will only work with organizations that fit the ethos of what I'm trying to do. Um, I will work with organizations that want to make a change. I will work with organizations that have a vision to make life and the world better for people. Um, I will help the startups that want to put something solid in place so that they can grow and they can really take a product or a service that is revolutionary and changes lives for the better out to the masses. Those are the sorts of organizations I I intend to continue working with. I will continue to work with law enforcement because I believe strongly in what they do. I will work with the medical profession and healthcare because again, it, it resonates with me. Charities, organizations that seek to make a better world and and change the world for for good those are the sorts of organizations that i intend to continue to work with so um where was i going with this so how did i get to this as i said it was that through prayer through meditation and what came to me was basically what I said at the end of the last episode, which was taking this leap of faith. And it's funny because we all use the word faith. We throw faith around quite freely. Oh, I have faith in this person. But what definition of faith are you working from? Because if you are working from, let's say, a um, dictionary-based definition of faith, let's bring up the dictionary-based definition which uh, number one is confidence or trust in a person or thing. Um, second, the, the second one is probably the closest to to where I'm going. Belief that belief that is not based on proof. Uh, number three, belief in God or in the doctrines or teachings of a religion, and the rest kind of go along that that path. Belief in anything as a code of ethics, standards of merit. Uh, a system of religious beliefs, the obligation of loyalty or fidelity to a person, promise, engagement. Um, 
the observance of this obligation, fidelity to one's promise, oath or allegiance, uh, Christian theology, the trust in God and his promise made through Christ and the scriptures by which humans are justified or safe, saved. Um, so that's one. And what I, what I would like to do is just take that one step further and, and share the biblical. So everyone, most Christians will know this and, you know, you'll hear Christians throw this out there and say, yeah, 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 Hebrews 11. Um, but yeah, Hebrews 11 has to me kind of some, it takes that belief in something that has no proof it takes it one step further and really puts it into context and it says faith shows so hebrews 11 1 says faith shows the reality of what we hope for it is the evidence of things we cannot see um and that that's for me that kind of wraps it up nicely but i'll carry on reading because it kind of I'll just carry on reading through the, okay through their faith the people of the people in the days of old earned a good reputation by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that what we see now did not come from anything that could be seen um so this is where and some might say this is a stretch but for me this is where we are introduced to the characteristic of the God that says, I'm possible from the impossible. Because what we're being told here is that there was nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing existed, nothing was there. It, there was nothing that could be seen. Um, if you go back to Genesis, it says that, that the world was, the, it was void, and um, it says, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command and he spoke it into existence, meaning the impossible was simply spoken into existence by God. One word or OK, and a few words, let there be light and light. And there it was. Nothing complicated, just a simple command. And, you know, if we if we go further into that Genesis, in, into that story in Genesis, it, it says that when, when it came to the creation of man, God said, let us make man in our own image. And that's or. There are other translations that say, let us make man in our own likeness. Um, what we need to remember is that God is spirit. This, this bodily form, this physical form that we are in, the thing that we get so wrapped up in, the, the thing that uh, people kill over the color of the bag of sand or dust, as you may want to term it, um, that physical body is not the representation. It's not the like, that is not the likeness of God. 
When God says, let, let us make man in our own image, in our own likeness, he is talking about our spirit. He's talking about the, our essence. And um, I believe when God says, let's make, let us make man in our own image, he is talk, also talking about that power to create, that power to speak what we do not see into existence. He gave us um, an he gave us part of that power. He, and my justification for, for that argument is, um, uh, let's see, it comes from, and forgive me, I am looking for these things as I'm telling you because I want to be able to give you the evidence as as I speak through it. Um but there's a scripture that says with faith like a mustard seed, uh, you can move mountains. So, uh, where is it gone? Uh, da, 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 da. Um, it is, and this is, uh, you know, I should really be a little bit more prepared for for you, for you guys. I apologize. Um, oh, man. I would love to say that I knew exactly where it was and and it's yeah mm. okay ha here we go Luke 17:6 <laughs> so the lord answered if you have faith even as small as a mustard seed you could say to this mulberry tree may you be uprooted and be planted in the sea and it would obey you um, and there's another one where it talks about, you know, moving, um, you can tell, ah, okay. Matthew seventeen twenty, uh, J Jesus, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, you don't have enough faith. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to move from here to there. And it would move. Nothing would be impossible. I repeat, nothing would be impossible. And that's the essence of what I'm saying, that the God that created you, created you in his own image. He created you in the likeness of his spirit, giving you the capacity to create, to command into existence what he has put into you um so don't go out there and try and say um i command a, a, a million dollars or a million pounds to appear or to you know, that's not how this works but he has put something in you he has put creativity into you and he has given you the power to speak that into existence he has given you every resource that you need everything that you require to make that creativity come to life for you to speak that into existence that it may go forth and do what it was destined to do fulfill the promise that it was designed for is within you you just have to believe you just have to have this faith in what you cannot see right now in what you cannot tangibly hold right now in what you Something that isn't 
in your physical scope or your it's not within your um line of sight right now your physical line of sight but spiritually you see it spiritually you see the end before you even set out spiritually you see what can be achieved and what can be fulfilled with that tiny bit of faith when you have that in you when you have that ability that creativity comes to life those giftings that he's poured into you, those resources that he has put in every, he has made available to you and available at, made at your disposal. All these things start to line up and they all start to come to life. And as you continue to trust and as you continue to walk by faith and as you continue, and this is, um, and this is the interesting thing, um, I've said it before. It's easy to take a step when you can see exactly where the next um, rung on the ladder is or where the next foot paving stone is. But when you can't see the paving stone, when you when it's pitch black and you can only see the step as you lift your foot up and you're about to put it down. Or sometimes you don't even see that it's there until you, you don't even see that it's there. You feel that it's there because it's that dark. As It's that level of faith that's required. It's that confidence to believe that the God that created me, the God that gave me these gifts, the God that gave me the skills that I need to fulfill my vision would never let me down. He wouldn't set me up to fail. And, you know, I don't want you to be discouraged because there are a number of, some people will say, hey, David, but what about the rest of Hebrews 11, where it goes on to say that a lot of these people had faith, but they didn't even see the promises that, um, you know, that God had promised to them. But I, I will tell you this, they may not have seen or experienced the promise. Abraham did not see the multitude, the nations. He did not physically see the nation that would come from him. But he believed and saw it in the future. He saw it in the distance and he was content in believing God that what God had said would come to pass would come to pass. He was looking at what would happen generations to come, not what was happening right now. He wasn't so transfixed on his present circumstances and present situation. He didn't allow the fact that he couldn't see the change in its entirety limit he didn't allow that to limit his potential. It didn't. He didn't allow that to dull his enthusiasm or his tenacity or his drive. He used the the fact that God had promised it to drive himself forward, even when it seemed sometimes like he was taking a step backwards, even when he went to Egypt and the Pharaoh wanted to take his wife and he was afraid. And he said to Pharaoh, hey, she's not my wife. She's my sister, because he was afraid that they would kill him and take her. He still had the faith. He still believed in that long 
that vision and that dream and you see a generation after generation as that as as that faith was handed down as that vision and that promise was handed down generation to generation we now have the nation of of Israel we now have the Jews we now have those who are the children of the Abrahamic promise all I'm saying is that believe that the God that gave you the dream has equipped you to do what he needs you to do if you are passionate about something that thing that you are passionate about is not it's not your doing it's God's doing he gives us what we are passionate about so push strive drive chase chase your passion chase that dream give it everything that you have because God put that into you and yes the road is going to be hard it's going to be tough there are going to be ups there are going to be downs believe me I have had my share of downs massive massive downs but I've also had my share of ups but the promise the vision that God gave me is what I hold on to I know what was put in me I know what I'm capable of achieving and I have this firm belief that everything that God put in me to achieve will come to pass so that is what I mean when I say the God that makes the impossible possible so I want to thank everyone for tuning in for another episode and I hope that this has been a blessing to you I hope that you have been inspired I hope that um, what we've spoken about on this episode or what I've spoken about you you guys haven't really spoken much (laughs) but what what I've spoken to you about on this episode will ring home and ring true for for you Um, I hope that it will inspire you to chase your dreams to reach for them without stretched open arms believing that you can achieve anything that you set your mind to I will be back hopefully next week if not it will be the week after but I will be back um, as I said next, the next episode will probably be an interview episode so I will catch you then but until then have a great week be blessed and look after each other God bless Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Imperfectly Human podcast. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast. You can do this on your favorite streaming platforms.